Hello, my name is Sonny Aigbe. Welcome to A Boy and His Dream Podcast. On my right, far right here, I have a special guest in the house today. I would like to welcome Dr. Patricia Blessman, a, a clinical psychology to the house. Welcome. Thank you. To my far left, I have Elijah Crumb. He just graduated from Nas College, now working with Chase Bank. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you. On my left, I have Mars. He uh, at the DePaul University studying f finance major. And I want to thank you for being here today. You, you are doing your internship. Right. And then thank you for creating time to be here. And together, we're going to rock it today. Are you guys excited? <laughs> uh, for sure. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I know time is of the accent, and I will just go ahead and, and hit the point. So the reason why we put this together today is to find strength in every difficulties. And as you know, there are a lot of challenges right now globally, not only in Chicago, a lot of challenges. And those challenges have been a problem to specific people just because of the way they think. That's the reason why we brought um, a high-level clinical psychology here today, Dr. Patricia Blessman, to kind of like dissect and explain to us how all these things function in our brain, how it affects our decision-making and our motivation. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm going to tell you, what is your name, what school did you go to, and where are you doing right now, Mr. Crump? Yeah, so my name is Elijah Crump. Um, I actually just graduated from uh, Knox College, a small school in Galesburg, Illinois, um, in Integrative Business and Management. And now I am working with J.P. Morgan Chase as an investment professional. Um, you know, not only that, but I also have a, uh, a fitness business on the side. Uh, it's called Body by Crump. You can find that on Instagram. That's something that I always like to promote because I like to promote, you know, health and fitness, wellness. Um, and yeah, I was, I'm also an athlete as well. So that's why I do the fitness thing is because I think that should be a, a big part of everybody's lives. You know, not only just because I'm an athlete, but because I think, you know, health and fitness is something that everybody should be into because it's the primary reason that we're here on earth. We're here to use our bodies. You know what I mean? So I'm um, very that. passionate about that. Very nice. Wow. You're hustling. Not only you work <laughs> for Chase, you are also a self-employed entrepreneur. Right. Look at that. You <laughs> are highly motivated. So I'll Absolutely. be right with you. And uh, I'm going to introduce Mars to the house. You are at the DePaul University. And tell, me, tell us a little about your name and the school that you attend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So my name is Mars Durrani. Currently go to DePaul studying finance. I'm minoring community service. So currently I'm interning at Morningstar Financial Services Firm. I'm with their indexes team. So I just took my lunch break to come here <laughs> just for the podcast. But um, yeah, I'm actually, I would say I really describe myself as someone who's really service oriented. As a minor in community service, I'm spending a lot of time volunteering uh, throughout the quarter as a youth guidance mentor. Uh, previously, I was volunteering at a nonprofit called Howard Area Community Center. Um, so there I was just um, a youth facilitator helping them with their project called Engineer for the Week. So, yeah, that's a bit about me. Dive into it quickly. So let me introduce um, our special guest in the house today, Dr. Patricia Blessman, clinical psychologist. Dr. Patricia, can you please introduce yourself quickly? Thank you. Hi, I'm, I'm Glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast, Sonny. And it's been wonderful meeting these two young men who are doing extraordinary things with their lives. I'm Dr. Patricia Jones-Blessman. I'm a clinical psychologist with over 40 years of experience in working with uh, young people and their families. 
Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Welcome to the house. Um, let's quickly dive in into quick into what we're here for because I know time is in the excess. I'm gonna focus on you so that you can leave when you're ready. Um, can you quickly tell us when you your relationship with a boy on his dream and when you joined a boy on his dream and why? Yeah. So initially, I think I got an email um, in regards to like a scholarship program. I was just looking for money to fund college, and I found this program, applied for it. And yeah, there I got accepted. But it became a bit more than just a scholarship program because I was able to meet mentors, grow my network. And that's where, you know, I started learning a bit more about Boy With A Dream, engaging with them. And yeah, now I'm a student with a boy with a dream. I appreciate it. What nationality are you? Because I can tell that yeah. you're a little bit different from me, right? Yeah. <laughs> My family is from Pakistan. Pakistan. Does mm-hmm. that does that does that stop you from applying from into the scholarship into the program at all? Um to apply to the program, no. Okay. Did you see that as a possible as a problem in moving forward in life just because you are from somewhere and you're different? I think for sure, especially because I'm a first generation student, so you know, coming from a family that are, that are immigrants, you know, they don't have as much mm-hmm. resources as some of my peers do in school. Like getting internships, getting jobs is a lot tougher if you don't, if you're coming from scratch yeah. and you got to build your own network, you got to build your own brand without your parents helping you. Because my peers, they have like people working in, you know, all these different cor- corporations and companies and they're able to get like, you know, foot ahead than I'd say some people who are first generation like I like I am myself. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, having that notion in your head and your mind, but that never stop you from trying. No, never. That, that's what I'm getting to. So you, as you all know, you know, um, opportunity is not easy, and when it hit, you have to be ready to embrace it. So you also know that many people are not ready for the opportunity. They're not ready. They're not prepared. And when given the opportunity, they just throw it away. So I want Dr. Patricia Blessman, who is a sick clinical psychologist in that area, tell us what's responsible for that behavior. How come some people are able to grasp and embrace opportunity, and yet other people who desperately need those opportunities are not able to see or embrace it. What's behind that? I mean, I don't know because I just want you to tell me what's behind that. How can we fix that problem? Well, I think, first of all, that is um, part of the challenge is that if they don't see it, for most people, they have to see it in order to know that they can be a part of something or be a part of um, that institution or that organization. it's the unusual person who can go into a, a situation and say, I don't see anybody that looks like me or comes from my background, but I'm going to do that. Mm. That's the unusual person mm. because they're really the scout in a sense. Mm-hmm. And not everybody can be the scout, can be the point person in that kind of situation. Mm. Um, it takes somebody of a different kind of character or, temp- or temperament to be able to do that. Um, but it's also important to... Uh, recognize that if a young person has a dream like that, because I remember when I wanted to go into psychology, my parents didn't know anything about psychology. They said, psycho what? You know, <laughs> <laughs> they had no idea what that was about or uh, how to, how to um, uh, lead or direct or guide. But it's fortunate, I was fortunate that a number of people standing firm in my own belief that I could do this People came to the forefront and helped me along the way. 
um, those people who are able, those young people who are able to say, you know what, I'm just going to trust that the universe is going to bring to me, if I keep diligent and do my best, the universe will bring to me those people, those institutions, those organizations, but particularly those people who will help me along the way. And also, I'm hoping that they've also had, because I know, Maz, you talked about being first-generation yeah. immigrant. So you probably didn't see very many Pakistani people uh, in the financial investment field. Right. I know, um, Elijah, you probably don't either. I know that when I, and I just happen to be married to somebody where I have a lot of generational wealth, and I know that people of color are very rarely in the room. Mm. So I'm just thankful that you all have the courage and saying, you know what? I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pursue this no matter what. Do it. So you mean that everyone should be bold, have the courage to try. Don't be scared. Don't, don't be, be scared. Don't be don't be scared. Don't be don't even judge yourself before someone else has had a chance to judge you. Because me coming over from Nigeria, starting my business here in Chicago, in downtown Chicago, don't get me wrong. It's mm-hmm. very intimidating. Very, yeah. very intimidating. I see mm-hmm. people from all the race were put together and they've been in businesses for, I mean, I feel intimidated about some boy. I told myself, I said, look, I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a lot of setback. I have a lot of people trying to punk me out and bully me. I stood my ground. Mm-hmm. I said, dude, I'm here to succeed. I think we should also encourage all those uh, people who I need, people who should be positioned to be able to position themselves. But it do come from somewhere. You have to get the right qualification to be able to position yourself. Mm-hmm. And even at that, it's rough. But I don't encourage anyone to just give up and say, oh, well, I just tried one time. I don't want to try no more. And this is why, you know, you too just motivate me. I'm so proud that you're able to, yes. like, I'm going to break mm-hmm. through this generational barrier and make things work. And it's, um, it was it was something that, you know, doctor, that you spoke on that was, um, you know, that, that spoke to me. Um, I know personally, I think that what the youth needs to do or what I feel like our generation and the generation before mine needs to do as well is stop putting people into boxes. Um, when you talk about um, needing to see people in positions in order to feel like you can be there. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I'm going into finance, right? And um, you, you don't see many black people in the finance industry. You know, that's not promoted like that. So obviously it was hard for me to envision that for myself. But like you said, like all it takes is, you know, the right people around you to push you, to put you in those situations. So I found the right programs. I found the right people. But I don't think that always even means that you're going to want to be in those positions still. You know what I mean? You could be a black person and see another black person in the finance industry, but what if you're a black person that has tattoos? What if you're a black person that has a certain type of hair texture? What if you're, you know, these are these are different things, like specific things that are specific to you. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like when we look at these industries, we have a certain idea for what it's supposed to be or what it's supposed to look like, and that's the problem. You know what I mean? So stop putting people in boxes, you know, opening up, you know, our minds to what you know mm-hmm. people can do you know people are qualified it doesn't it shouldn't matter how a certain person Look, you know looks, looks yeah. or how they present themselves or how they choose to express themselves if they're doing their job right then it really shouldn't matter amen mm-hmm. and that's going to take me to the next question you just open the can of warm you know a boy his dream has positioned herself in the community to be able to showcase kids with special skills mm-hmm. and kids who are willing for growth and you know we have actually we've 
partner with you and other youth, other children who are on the program to be able to network and present you to all these organizations, all these companies, all these CEOs, to have them see you guys differently. What significant impact has the boy and dream and his dream created and made for you? I know you got to go. Yep. So answer that. Then he answered it. Then I'll let you go. Yeah. So I think when you know I started joining the program, we had the um, there was a dinner that we invited all of us to, and from there just what was that dinner? Uh, Gibson's Gibson Italian. Italian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have yeah. those Gibson's Italian. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and nice over there is where I met most of my mentors. And I think Tony and you were the main people that I really spoken to. And Tony gave me a lot of advice when it came to applying for these internships. And you as well. I've actually spoken to you, like even outside of just professionalism. Uh, I asked you a bit about like tips for uh, working out and bodybuilding because that's what I've been into like pretty recently. So I see your chest so all <laughs> <laughs> All proportion. That's good. Well, thank you so much for coming to the program. I'll be in touch with you. Mm-hmm. We'll be in touch. So what significant impact has our exposure, what is this impact that our exposure has created I think for you? In a compared to a child who are there in the hood right now in the south side Chicago, never saw a hot rise before, never been in a very high end before. And you, right now, because of a boy and his dream and the product that we've created, you'll be able to network, you'll be able to in- attend a lot of gala, a lot of networking events, meeting with the CEO. How do you feel? What impact has that created in your mindset? It's had a, it's had a huge impact, you know what I mean? And not like, how do I say this? Um, so the Boy in the Dream program, initially, the reason why I was looking for programs like a Boy in the Dream was to fund my schooling, right? Yes, sir. Um, and that was the main thing, right? Money for college. But as I was getting into the program, I started to see that, okay, I can build relationships with people and I can have these relationships form other relationships and then I'll be able to expand my network. And now, you know, I know, you know, five different people. Now I know 10 different people. Now I know 15 different people. And I think those are, that's more important than the actual funding aspect of yes. it is being able to meet these different types of people with different perspectives because you never know how they're going to be able to you know, help change your perspective or help change your life later on. So I always felt like experiences were greater than any monetary value. And I think that A Boy in His Dream provides you with, you know, not only that money for school, but also um, an experience. And exposure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they, those are the valid opportunities. Exactly what I needed. And when I was struggling, I just wanted the opportunity. I don't want somebody handing me a dollar or 500 here. Hey, you're going to know. I just wanted someone that will put me underneath their wing right. and groom me to be a better person. Show me how to fish mm-hmm. so I can fish so many fish so that I can feed other people who are in need of food right. and teach them how to fish. Mm-hmm. That's how we're supposed to do it from generation to generation. You cannot just hand a kid $500, just say, the problem is going to be all right. Are right. you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what a boy and his dream comes in. Um yeah, I just love the way you talked about this being an opportunity to have to develop a growth mindset. Right. So it wasn't just about getting finances or resources. It was about how can I expand my network? How right. can I expand my thinking? How can I think about uh, different ways of positioning myself and the and having different perspectives? Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I think honestly. Um, 
I'd say I have to thank my parents for this one. Is like the elementary school I went to, I think definitely helped with that. I went to Skinner, Skinner West. Mm-hmm. I know you guys heard it. I know, I think your, your children my go children there. Went but, to Skinner West. Yeah, great school, great school. But um, a lot of international students come through Skinner West, a lot of um, students from different backgrounds. So I got exposed to that early on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was forced to, you know, meet different um, people from different, different cultures. Culture. And, and I think that only helped me in my development and my growth going forward. Mm-hmm. So... So, quick question. Thank you so much for that contribution. I'm going to throw this question to Dr. Patricia. Um, why is education a significant? Um, why is education so important among uh, you? Because when I look at the statistic, the ratio of which of our children are dropping out of school is just so high, and then that's creating a poverty in in the long run. So, I was wondering, right. what mm-hmm. can we do to bridge that gap? And why is education so important? How can we motivate the children out of the street? And just looking at him right now as a, as a success, how can you, what can you do, what can our program do more to be able to impact more students, to be able to do, get them off the street? Because if you look at the crime rate right now in Chicago, it's high. And who are mm-hmm. committing this crime? Children who are bored, children who are not either embracing the opportunity or children who is, who are not even aware of this opportunity. Just because the resources are there does not mean that the people who need them are aware of them. Right. So mm-hmm. a boy and his dream want to do more. What can we do to encourage those children? And what's okay. the light? Okay, well, first of all, I think we need to talk to the children who are dropping out of school and ask them that question. What is it about school that's not engaging? What is it about school that would help you to, or what would about education would be helpful for you? I th- from what I know of children that I've talked to or young people that I've talked to who have dropped out of school, some of the things that they talk about is school is focused on right now is on math and reading, and I'm not, that's not my area. Mm-hmm. Some kids, you know, a lot of schools don't have or no longer have um, a full curriculum like with music, with um, career technical training, like how do you know, woodworking, draftsmanship. Um, engineering, architecture, some of the different, the, you know, there are eight different intelligences, but school kind of taps only into two. So mm-hmm. if you're not a mathematician and a reader, then school kind of lets, lets you, you're not really in, you can't really succeed in school. So uh, there are a few schools in Chicago, though, that I do think uh, tap into a different different parts of the brain and tap into different kinds of skills. So, you know, as parents, like, you know, you have to be willing to say, okay, well, my child might not be the academic scholar who's going to, you know, be into reading and writing, but maybe he's good with his hands. And we need to have programs where he can do hands-on learning, where he can learn through experiences, where he can, um, where the learning is, the education is really tailored to the child's or the young person's strengths mm-hmm. and what and their passions and their dreams. And, and, and if you connect education to... Uh, as a process for developing yourself towards a developing your passions and your your vocation, then kids will begin to understand, oh, I'm not just going to school to get this diploma or I'm not just going to school to get an A in history. This, this has relevance and context to what it is that I want to do in my life further down the road or at least relevance and context to the interest that I have today. Okay. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And I'm going to throw the next question to you. Can you compare the what could have happened if you haven't taken the opportunity? 
compared to those mm. who your your situation right now. I mean, your your yeah. standards of living right now, your lifestyle, your value that you have right now com- compared to if you would have turned your opportunity down. I think, yeah. So, and I, what message do you have to these kids in the street right now, running the street? Right. So, yeah, that's 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 a big problem, you know, within the city right now. It, it always has been, you know, since I've, you know, for me coming up in Chicago. So. Um, I'd say the easiest thing that kept me out of, you know, um, everything that wasn't good for me. Um, I I was into sports, obviously, which is always a big thing for young black youth. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think more than that, um, I was into not only sports, but I was put into different programs early on, which helped me see other things. And I think that's important. Um, because like a lot of the youth, we only see, you know, basketball, football. We think those are the ways that you have to make it out. Right. And these things help um, in giving like children structure and, and a routine. So that's where it's positive and in, in that aspect. But I think where it's negative is that we see these two things are the only things we can do. You know what I mean? And and for me, it was just about knowing that um, like time is like people like to say time is on your side, but I don't think so. There's no time on there's, your side. There's time is not on your side. If you don't use that time, it's gone. Yeah. If you don't take advantage of the opportunity presented, there's someone that's going to pay twice or three times more than what it's valued mm-hmm. to just to grab the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And again, that's what really makes me want to like, okay, what can I do? What can we do as, a, as an organization to add more value, to motivate these children, to see this opportunity because they're there. Yeah. They are there. Yeah, I saw there. it. I smelled it. I utilized it. I became better. Now we want to do more. Yeah. It's not just me. We have a team. Mm-hmm. And I know, Dr. Patricia, I know you have faith in this organization. You believe that we can do more. This is why we want to have your voice. You yeah. are the voice. Not me. I, I, I just went through the adversity. Now I'm able to tell the story using myself as an example. Now being able to read and write at 18, having three companies, I'm running them. Having up to master's degree level, I want to have a PhD just so I can be like Dr. Patricia, right. you know, bless me. I want the status. I want the experience. I want to feel like you. So just hearing your voice, just hearing your, you know, your, your, your mm. experience and testimony today, I believe two or three, four, five, six, seven of those children on the street is going to make a decision today. You know, so, so they yeah. gonna make like a I decision. Said, like, like I said, I, I, the way I look at time is like it, it, it's not on your side. You, you should look at time as like a you know. I, I thought when I changed my mindset, this is when a lot of things changed for me too. Is stop thinking that oh I could do it tonight or I could do it tomorrow or I could do it next week. Like no, just get up and start doing it today. I started the the my, my fitness Instagram page for the longest time. I was waiting for. You know, the perfect scenario, oh, can I get somebody to record for me every day? No, mm-hmm. okay, I, I'm not going to do it yet. Oh, mm-hmm. can I get somebody, can I eat right every day? Okay, I'm not going <laughs> to do it yet. Like, no, I just, one day I just said, okay, whatever, I'm going to start recording, we're going to start doing this, and now I've been doing it more often since then. So it's just, so what motivated you about fitness? Um, <laughs> uh, You help with that a lot too, you know, I, my, my mentor, you know, my mentor. But That's my mentor right it's, there. It's, it's funny, it's funny, I, I played I play four years college ball in Knox College. Um, I, I enjoyed my time there, um, but after my first my freshman year, I didn't play much. I didn't play much at all, and I remember I went to my coach and I asked him, "Okay, why am I not playing?" And he was pretty much like, 
he gave the answer like, okay, get stronger, and then you know come back and talk to me. Pretty much, I was like, I took that and I said, okay. Oh, was a like, challenge. Okay. I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll, I'll do that then. So you know what I did? I came, I came back the next year. I got strong, and I ended up starting my sophomore year. So I think it's it's all about your mindset. Yes. You know, what I mean, yeah. I could I could have listened to that and took that and said, I don't need to get stronger. What do you mean? Like I'm, I know how to play basketball. Like I'm, I'm fine how I am. But no, like. So you didn't allow your ego to get in your exactly. way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say that. Mm-hmm. And I guess or no, um, there's going to be other subsequent. You know, that's my question for you. We'll have the last question for you, Dr. Patricia Blessman, and then so that we can have the next uh, guest on board. So you know that cognitively, you know, it is, I don't have, I don't have the qualification to explain that. That's all you. You know, I was cognitively delayed because of how, the, the the package I came to life with, you mm-hmm. know? So being the fact that I was not exposed to a lot of great things, education, food, and whatever, and that really impact, that really played how my my heart respond to things, you know, whether I'm going to be happy, whether I love people, but I did not let that control me. I could have been so bitter. I could have been committing crime because of what happened to me because of the adversity. I could have been paying back in a negative way, but I chose to not to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think our children, our youth, our young adults should do to be able to have control over their feelings mm-hmm. due to childhood adversity? That's my last question for you today because it has, it has an impact, significant impact, relationship with whether we're going to succeed in life or not. Mm-hmm. And this is a choice. Mm-hmm. And I want, to, I want that to come from you. Well, the only here you know, that. one of the things that, that I think is uh, probably a detriment to some extent in our society is that we don't teach resilience skills mm-hmm. and coping skills because all of us are going to hit thorns in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of us are going to hit some really deep valleys in life. Um, and so we don't really talk to people about, you know, it's almost like you have to become, um, like diagnosed with depression or diagnosed with some severe mental health, um, diagnosis before you're able to get any help as opposed to, you know, we really should be teaching people about the psychology of well-being the psychology of health and 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 mental health mm. and how to stay ha- you know the psychology of happiness the psychology of purpose and and how purpose plays a role in uh, having fu- a fulfilling life and a and a base to having a joyful life those are things that that you know unless you get that from your home um, you don't necessarily get that much of that exposure to mm. that um, even um, so you know, in psychology, there's a whole new, a new branch that's that's building where they're they're talking about that more, and they're moving away from just talking about psychology as a diagnostic entity, entity, but talking about the psychology of happiness, the psychology of, of mental health, of joy, purpose, fulfillment, how to live robust lives, mm. but also how to how to come back from adversity. Mm. We are also um, the Surgeon General just recently. Uh, I think about, no, not recently, but in the last six months, has talked about the mental health crisis, particularly for young people in the United States. And this, this is actually globally. The pandemic is a very unusual circumstance. We are going through uh, a nas- nationally and globally going through a, a crisis. 
it's like being diagnosed with a chronic illness or some kind of, you know, and so we've had to make some kind of adjustment. At the same time that this, this, that this thing happened, you know, we've also looked at mental health services being sort of defunded across, across Chicago, particularly. I'm just going to speak about Chicago. Mm-hmm. They've actually been defunded. So a lot of mental health centers and um, local mental health agencies and stuff were closed just prior to, and then we had a budget, severe budget cuts. Mm-hmm. So a lot of mental health facilities were closed. So right now, even for people who are experiencing extreme trauma, like kids who are experiencing gunshots or somebody dying, there's like a six-month waiting list just to get in to talk to somebody that can specifically help with gunshot trauma. Mm-hmm. So, so how can we get those kids, those children who are out there gangbanging because, you know, adversity is making children react and do bad things, make poor decisions. So this is a program that we've created to be able to encourage them and say, hey, I was once like you. I had the same trauma, even more, or maybe not more. But however, what I did with my trauma is this. I own a company. I went back to school. I couldn't read and write. What can we do to get our message across to these children using our students who succeeded from their own adversity and showcasing that is what we stand for. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're here. We want to do more and we're getting this message out across to people in Chicago. We're starting in Chicago and we're taking nationally. Right. And I want to thank you both today for being here. I want to thank you for being honest, for just letting know where you're coming from, what you thank do with you. your life and what you did with your life and how that is bettering you right now. And you're encouraging you to do the same thing or more. And that's a good thing. Just because you are facing challenges in trying does not mean that you have to back out. You have to run. You have to give it up. Right. Push more. If you knock a thousand times, there's no yes. Knock again. Repeat that knock yeah. until you get one yes. Out of 10,000 knock, out of 100 knock, knock, and you get one yes, guess what you need in the first place? That one yes. Take that one yes yeah. and make it 5,000 yeah. knock answers. Do it. You can do it. You did it. Mm-hmm. Right. She did it. Mm-hmm. She's here right now letting us know. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And thank, thank you, you for thank being you. here. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. If you dream about it, if it makes sense to you, put it into action fix and make it work. Don't let your dreams die.